Hi, it's Mark Zinkowitz, and I am in Ames, Iowa, for the National Association of Plant Breeders annual meeting. I sat down with Borlaug scholar Mary Jane Espina. She is a PhD candidate in applied sciences at the University of Minnesota. We talked about her work in soybean, a vegetable called jute mallow that has a lot of personal significance for her, and how her love of playing tennis influences her plant breeding work. Enjoy our talk. Well, thank you, MJ, for sitting down with me. Thank you so much for having me. What's a little known fact about you and how does that possibly influence you in your plant breeding work? So not a lot of people know, but I really love tennis. And, you know, um, gives me a lot of lessons in life, like I could apply in life generally and at work. So I think my love for tennis has influenced me like on my daily work basis. Like first, I'm taking one point at a time. So in tennis, like even if you got scored 15, 40, you take it one point at a time. By the time you realize it, it's deuce and you're back in the game. So that's for me when things in grad school get too overwhelming. I just take it one day at a time and you know we go from there second is um appreciate your strengths like in tennis if i have good forehand i use that good forehand to my advantage um in terms of work i know what my strengths are and i leverage that strength to work to get some work done so and lastly is your one thing i learned from tennis or any other sports i think is your talent can only get you so far. So we know like professional athletes, um, tennis players, even they're good, they still go to practice every single day. They put that work every single day. And I think in my work, like you have some skills that you have inherent, you might have talents that you can use in your work, but um, having that talent is can only get you that far but working hard every day and being resilient can and your grit and determination can move you to places now your research focuses on identifying the genetic basis underlying the resistance to iron deficiency chlorosis in soybean why is your work important So first, um, Upper Midwest, Minnesota, Iowa, North Dakota, South Dakota, Nebraska are major soybean producing states. So they're in the top 10, within top 10. These areas are prone to iron deficiency chlorosis. And when you go go to the field, you see yellow patches. So that's because plants lacked iron and it's affecting photosynthesis. Um, when I first get into this project, of course, like you review literatures, and what actually struck me is that annually the yield losses from IDC can incur up to 260 million US dollars. That's a big money, and if you're looking at like it's just in the upper midwest, it's not even a problem in the southern states. But what really 
um, fascinated me about this project and how the impact is like when you are doing research you're in the lab and you might not see the big picture but when I was actually doing my field work and I'm driving across Minnesota I see yellow big yellow patches of IDC and that makes me like this trait is very important and it affects the farmer in reality it's not just like a research project it it's a real problem out there and I once talked to a farmer and he told me beans look crappy today like this year so like I want I want to like work on this project because of that impact that I could like help the farmers. How did you first get interested in plant breeding? What made you want to get into this in the first place? So my original degree actually is in plant pathology um, in my undergrad. And my interest in plant breeding started when I was a young researcher in the Philippines. I work in Philippine Rice Research Institute and I work on the Golden Rice Project. So we all know that the Golden Rice Project is like a biotech crop and we want to help address malnutrition and vitamin A deficiency through the use of golden rice. And rice is a staple food in Asian countries, especially in the Philippines. And I remember when I was young, like we have those vitamin A um, drops for kids to address malnutrition. And when I thought about it, wow, really plant breeding can help solve these kinds of problems. So this kind of ignited like my passion into like, I wanna go to plant breeding because there are so many things you can do because of like your breeding crops, your improving crops. Now, speaking of improving crops, we are here in Ames, Iowa for the meeting of the National Association of Plant Breeders. And you are a Borlaug scholar, congratulations. What value do you find coming to a meeting like this as part of the Borlaug Scholars Program? How does it help you in your career? Thank you so much. So first, I'm really excited because I'm from Minnesota. We see corn, soybean, wheat, and some other crops. I'm really interested to see other people's work, like aside from the row crops that I usually do, like I'm interested to see people, other people's work on vegetables or like fruit breeding and um, crops that I don't usually have an interaction with. So that's one thing, like I want to see colleagues' um, work from other universities. The second is networking, like, I really value like it's I've heard this from someone that's it's never too early to start your network like although I'm still two years out before I start dropping up my PhD but you know it's never too too early to network so having that networking opportunities and actually I'm really excited that I finally met my mentor like we are paired with a mentor I finally met met my mentor here in person so we've been meeting like online and it really excites me that you know um, some I, I'll meet someone who's gonna guide me in my career help me guide in my career so that's one big thing I'm totally excited about now you received your Bachelor of Science in the Philippines what made you want to study in the United States can you give us the 411 on on that journey what that looked like yeah so um, in all our careers, we have role models that we want to emulate. And 
very early part of my career actually starting undergrad my advisor actually did his PhD in NC State and nematology and then when I started working in Philippine Rice Research Institute my boss actually also did his PhD in Cornell so those like role models that you want to emulate actually gives you that perspective that hey this is actually possible like I'm not just confined here in the Philippines like I can actually spread my wings and try like learning studying abroad so knowing them like sparks my interest into like I it's a possibility that I could and help me set that goal that okay I want to do my grad school in abroad like whether it's like Europe US or whatever opportunity comes for me but I know from the get-go that I want to do grad school abroad now you volunteer for the University of Minnesota plant breeding center vegetable breeding working group now you obviously also have an interest in vegetables what's what's your favorite vegetable to work with and, and why so yeah, since we're working about the volunteering opportunities that I got at the University of Minnesota, um, I would choose like the Africa one of the African vegetables that um, we work on, which is jute mallow. So jute mallow is an African vegetable. It's a leafy vegetable that they use in stew. Um, there are cuisines that are um, prepared in East Africa, North Africa, Middle East. And what's really interesting about this is why it's so important for me is, interestingly, this vegetable, jute mallow, is actually grown in the Philippines. And we also eat this. So there's kind of like cultural significance. So that's why I really like to work on this crop. And, you know, winters in Minnesota, like, you can't grow. And we don't have, like, as an international student, like, you kind of sometimes crave something from your hometown. Kind of kids closer to home. Yeah, what opportunities are there in terms of jute mallow for, for the future? So as I said, the, um, this vegetable jute mallow is an African or tropical plant. Um, it actually from seed to seed, it's around six to eight months depending on the maturity. So breeding opportunities since like in this breeding group that I'm working with is we're trying to help the immigrant communities but the problem is they can't get the seed to produce. They can't get this plant to produce seeds. So there's like that barrier for them to grow these crops. So for me, one of the improvement, like I can see this in the future is that like adaptation to Minnesota. Like we all know that Minnesota is very short summers, long winter. And with that related to winter, since I mentioned winter, like it would be nice to have a jute mallow that can actually tolerate some cold so you know we can plant it earlier so we can work on the maturity making it earlier but also like making it more cold tolerant and aside from that we, I would like this crop to be improved in terms of like leaf traits and you know maybe some nutritional values add some nutritional values well, thank you for sitting down with me, MJ. Thank you so much. That's really, I'm excited to like talk about my work and talk about this unknown plant, <laughs> probably to so many people. So now they know Jute Mallow. Exactly. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Thank you so much for having me.
For more great podcasts and videos and more coverage of this year's NAPB meeting, visit SeedWorld.com slash NAPB 2022.